everybody. What's going on? I hope you're having a happy and healthy life. Uh, welcome to episode 60-something of the Brent Pella Show. My guest today is a good buddy of mine. His name is Ty Stafford. He is a branding and marketing and content genius. Um, he was recently the creative director on the ad campaign for Tanqueray Gin, starring Joe Jonas. He ha- was a couple years ago on the Forbes 30 under 30 list for people in marketing and advertising, I believe. Um, and he's an awesome dude. One of the coolest people I've met out here in La La Land. Super cool guy, very genuine. We had an awesome conversation about branding, advertising, marketing, creating content. And, and it, so if, you, if you're into any of those things and you want a nice, uh, a really deep behind the scenes look at how branding happens and for what types of purposes and 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 uh, uh some really um interesting uh information you're in luck uh, because i got all that and you will too it's just cool to dive into some of the the motivations behind creating certain types of advertising for brands and um it's cool it's cool because at the end of the day we are all just a brand okay we're not people anymore we are brands Speaking of brands, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by, by Optimizers. Magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella for 10% off your purchase of magnesium. My favorite supplement. I take it after workouts. I take it before bed. Uh, helps me relax. Helps my muscles recover. Magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella. You'll also get a free copy of the Biological Optimization Blueprint. A really cool book packed full of health and nutritional information and research and scientific studies to help you live a happier, healthier life. Also brought to you by Blue Blocks. Blueblocks.com slash Brent for 50% off. Um, Listeners of the show can get even more percentage off during the last two weeks of June. uh, You get uh, 20% off and 25% off if you buy, I think it's $160 worth of product. And these are worth it. These these glasses are worth it. you can get a couple glasses for that much, I believe. I hope. I hope I'm not lying. If I am, hey, I'm not. Uh, so uh, enjoy that. Blueblocks.com slash Brent. Um, and uh, please enjoy this episode of the podcast with my good buddy, Ty Stafford. Dude, what is your job title? My job title is Director of Content and Social Strategy. At what At company? NVE. It's a... Uh, uh, Creative agency for all intents uh-huh. and purposes, but they've been like an experiential agency until I joined. And then I started kicking off their content. Arm. When you say experiential, do you mean like a Heineken beer bar at a <laughs> farmer's market in that, that Playa is, del Rey? That is what I mean. Like Although activations. They did cooler shit than that. Okay, cool. Cooler. Can we swear yeah. on here? Can I we imagine, what? Can we swear? Oh, yes. I yes, imagine. Yes. I imagine. Fucking yes. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah, they, they, they did that type of stuff, but like yeah. more fun, more interesting Okay, uh, and th- we were just talking about this. The NBA thing we're doing right now is yeah. is just that, like a really sick ass mansion in the Hollywood Hills with creators like yourself and just people who are down to like one, just like love the NBA, are into the finals, and then two are rad content creators and yeah. can like hold their own and like make cool stuff. So like, I'm stoked to be able to be a part of it. And and you're the lead on that on that. Project, I created the right? I created the team. Like there, there was yeah. no way for us to make content in any capacity until I joined. And now, wow, we're and doing shit like not just with the NBA, but created a my first national commercial. The Tanqueray Gin, Tanqueray right? Gin. Congratulations! Thank you. With Joe Jonas was fucking yes. there. <laughs> can you can you give can you do a little uh, background on that? Because you, I, I met you through Morgan a couple years ago. Yes. We've become <laughs> best friends, <laughs> and. Um, 
you, I knew you at Omelette. That, that's what, where you were first working when I met you. And, that's right. And you were doing creative digital content, marketing, branding, all these words that I kind of just lumped together because they sound like they fit the vibe. They always get lumped together. They always get lumped together. And so you just did your first ever national spot. So what, did, what was your job title on that and how did that come about? Totally. And then I got to know all about it. I was the creative director on that. So like I came up with the idea for the spot, worked on like Tanqueray came to us. They're like, we just want to do something for this new gin. It's brand new. We've never had like an orange flavor gin before. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know what to do because traditional Tanqueray is very like classy. It's right. very right. Uh, rooted in like the hundreds of years. Traditional. Yes. Yeah. Why change it? This is a summer drink though. It's like uh, a, a Aperol spritz of sorts. Yeah. So came up with the idea on set was like the creative director working with Joe Jonas directly to be like, here's what we're creating. Let's get down and like build out this world that we created for the, the gin itself. And why Joe Jonas? Is he a known gin drinker? He's a known gin drinker. He he was, he, and he was before, like, was he at the top of the list for people to get top of the list? He he was number one. He was number one. Yes. How'd you get him? Just pitched him, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Can you tell if you're under NDA, it's all good. But I have to ask if you can say how much he made off this commercial. You know, I don't, I don't know, to be honest, because oh, really? that, that was handled by, he has like a talent group that like does all of his stuff Jesus, and we're not dude. a part of that part. Crazy. But, if I had to guess, because, and I, I used to PA on mega spots like this. Lob something out. Yeah. Uh, so I worked on the Bud Light ad campaign for the Super Bowl three or four, four years ago. It was with Amy Schumer and Seth Rogen. Uh, the directors were Neil Brennan. The what comedian. did you do on this? I was a PA. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is back in your boys' PA day job days. Incredible. Which we hope will not happen anymore, but <laughs> who knows? Um, keep liking and subscribing. That's right, baby. <laughs> um, so I was a PA, and I remember hearing that they made a million dollars, and it was maybe four days' worth of work. Um, Th- this was one day. Paul Rudd came in and made a quarter mil. And just, just, you, just what you did was a it. Super Bowl ad. It was a Super Bowl ad. That makes and, sense. And like, by the way, I made $200 a day. Right. <laughs> I made $200 a day. And then they were like, hey, Seth Rogen made a million dollars and he's been here for four days. And he has to show up for three hours a day. And you're there 12 hours. And I was there 16 hours oh uh, lifting shit, moving stuff, telling people crossing the street to not cross the street. But so you, get get to say, you get to say you worked with uh, Seth Rogen. And this was right before Sausage Party came out. So they had the trailer that was like an outline. It was only out. It oh, wasn't wow. colored yet. It was before the movie was out. No one knew about the movie. And Evan Goldberg showed us all the rough cut of the trailer. So that was pretty cool. That was worth cool. it. And worth Seth Rogen hours. is just the nicest fucking guy. Of like course. They were all super cool. Even Amy Schumer was really nice, which was cool. Well, in, in this case, he was on for one day and like, X amount of hours, but what's incredible, and I'm sure you saw this when you were working on that commercial, is just like you build up celebrity in your head, and you're like, these yeah. guys must, yeah, particularly with like Joe, who's been like a, a kid uh, celebrity, yeah, and totally normal, chill dude, right, chill guy. That's the thing. You're dude. either a psychopath or you're like, or you're totally a totally normal, normal person. Yeah. No, nobody. I don't feel like anybody's like. Um, nobody plays into the fame and is that star that you think they are. They're either like super douchey and awful. Right. Right. Or they're just like very chill and humble, but I've never really seen anybody be like that, you know, maybe on the red carpet. Yeah. But I, I interned at Jimmy Kimmel live back in the day. So yeah, endless celebrities coming in day in yeah. day out and it was mostly just like either being a douchebag yeah. or just being super nice. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, but just for context, I mean like, yeah, when we met, I've always worked in digital, but like started yep. my 
career out like as a YouTuber first. Right. And then yes. transitioned. This is before YouTube had any capability of like monetizing. Brands weren't even on YouTube yet. Yeah. And so there was no path carved out for like young creators, um, which is what I was excited to, to come on here and talk to you about because you're in like the just the best time to be a creator, but also the most competition. Yeah. I think very of saturated. All time. Uh, very saturated, which is yeah. so impressive that you've been able to build up all your channels, not just like a singular channel. Like it looks like your YouTube, your Instagram, you're getting on TikTok now. Like mm -hmm. that's very, very hard. Uh, but through my uh, work to being a YouTuber, mm -hmm. I was able to transition that into, you know, I was doing that out of my dorm room. Yeah, and you were doing like silly vlog type stuff. Silly vlog type stuff and yeah. was pioneering some like brand deals before they were even possible. Like I won this uh, uh, competition online and got the most views in the world for my video with Ford. Wow. And they sent me and my girlfriend out at the time to Spain to test drive the Jeez. new Ford. They gave me the car. Like I, 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 got, I had never drawn stick shift in my life and I was like, just give me a stick. I'll learn on this fucking car. And then I, 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 I donated that car to like the Children's Miracle Network because nice. I just like didn't need a car. Yeah. Uh, but through that, transitioned into working at Red Bull Media House, where I actually started to learn about like branded content, how to grow accounts on social, and then work with creators like yourself and and a handful of others to do some cool shit and start to actually like build brands. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of like the, the link to how we've gotten to now being able to do real ass commercials. Oh, now you're like, you're major, dude. It, it, it's your major. You're pro. Crazy. You're like pro pro. Like you're the guy that I would see walking into production meetings that would be, and I would be like setting up the cheese and salami. <laughs> and you're the guy that would be like, Hey, do you have any prosciutto? No. I hope I'd be cool. And then no, you would just, no, you, deal, you would just, no, I mean, yeah, hopefully, but every other creative director is just like, what, what kind of ham is that? <sighs> and then they just walk in and I'd be heartbroken. Like, dude, I didn't choose the fucking ham, dude. No one told me about the ham. No one told me what kind of ham to get you fucks. <laughs> um, that was my PA day, which is, that, that was, those were my PA days, which is hilarious. Well, but it's, it's just so cool to see somebody in this position that I always used to like really look up to. I, I, I like that creative director that. position. Yeah. It, it, it's been a whirlwind, but what I was uh, excited about particularly, I mean, we were talking about some of the things you got coming up, which just all sound awesome. But we were talking about in particular, uh, when, when people approach you for brand deals, like mm -hmm. not knowing where to even charge you. We're talking Dude, about the I Wild no West. Idea. It's yeah. so saturated. You don't know where you land. Yeah. What do you currently do? Because I, I want to try to figure this out right now on yeah. the podcast. Oh, dude. I So I have like no filter or hesitancy when it comes to talking about money. I never have. Me like either. I share Great. it with pretty much every. I'll share it right now and we can just talk. Cool. Um, and I, I always found it kind of weird that people wanted to keep that stuff private. Only in the sense of uh, moments where it could help other people. Like you exactly. don't need to tell me your annual salary, but if I ask you like, hey, how much did you make on this on this gig? Because I want to one day work on gigs like that. We should be helping each other. And comics do this weird thing where they don't tell each other what their rate is. They're just like, yeah, negotiate for yourself. No, dude, just fucking tell me. Particularly like, we can all understand. Space. Because yeah. there is no standard. There's no standard. Card. There's I, no standard. Particularly because there's no like, it's not like when, even with you, when you shoot a commercial, 
you could shoot it for 10k or the a million dollars like Bud yeah. Light, but it's yeah. like you need to be able to have those discussions if you're going to be able to actually fucking like grow in yeah. that space. Yeah. So, um I was never really making any amount of money that had a significant effect on my life until uh fall of 2020. Like early fall, like September, August, September is when my YouTube ad revenue started to jump up. Yeah. Previous to that, uh, it was maybe a couple hundred bucks a month. And then stuff started popping in late 2020 because um, your boy hit a flow. And uh, it started to go up to a couple grand a month. So it was like a couple grand a month, August through January. All through just specifically YouTube? Uh, this is YouTube and Facebook. And then in the winter, I started adding sponsorships. So yes. I messed around with a couple different ones. Some blue blockers. Blue blocks I love. Buy Optimizers, the supplement company I love. Yeah. A couple other ones I've messed around with. Like there was an internet one. There was like electromagnetic protection or something product type stuff. And I did those uh, A, to see if my audience would like them. And B, because I needed money. Sure. And I was very poor. What's your audience think? Um, my audience, I feel like connects with a brand that I have established a long-term relationship with. So they keep seeing me promote it. They keep seeing me and hearing me talk about it very authentically and genuinely. So well, they and I love start to trust it through your accounts. I've seen you do this on Instagram. Like if anyone's ever giving you shit, you're just like fucking Venmo me then Venmo me, dude. Yeah. You, you want, you that's want the no other ads? thing. Let's yeah. go. I mean, that's the other thing is like, um, I put my ads at the very end and I've, yes. ha I've had a lot of people, huge, a lot of brands man. come to me and say, Hey, we want to put an ad at the beginning or at the middle. Every single time I say, Hey, you can do that. It will be five times my typical rate. That's right. Five times the typical rate. So it's going to be between five and $10,000 Yep. or more depending sure. on what the video is, depending on what the trajectory of the video could be based on past similar videos. Yes. So it's all very, uh, there are a lot of variables, but I don't want to sacrifice. I still don't want to I would rather be poor with dope content that my audience loves than ballin and rich, but sacrificing my audience's entertainment experience. Well, that's that longevity sense. right there because that's yeah. what's actually going to keep this shit going yeah. is not sacrificing for the sake of, of money. Yeah. And, and that was a huge one that when I was like at Red Bull and I'd kind of like stopped YouTubing, but I was very close with all these creators that like I was coming up with and a lot of them doubled down and just stayed with it. But there's a reason that like so many people that were like OGs on YouTube in the early days are not anymore. Yeah. And it's because you easily are just willing to sell out or just replicate exactly what you know worked right. because the brands liked it and you're not making for you anymore. Yeah. You're making for some machine, some yeah. cog. Yeah. And and a lot of people like that lose their uh, creative instinct because they find this niche, either type of niche type of content that they can make and they know yeah. will hit and hit and hit and that's it. And so they'd never try anything else or they do what you just said and they start just doing whatever the brand will like or whatever a brand wants them to make. And I've never followed the money. Dude, I've been poor for 30 years. <laughs> You understand? I've been poor for a very long time. I can be poor a little bit longer. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm, I know how to be poor. I, even when I have money, I'm going to be eating hard-boiled eggs for lunch 
six times a week. Well, you're a healthy guy, though. So I'm a healthy that's guy. A big part of it, yeah. yeah, but I'm not going to be going to fight, like no. Irwan and getting grass finished b- steak ass so I could put it in my blender with a bunch of raw cashews and make some fucking thing. Right. I don't need to do any of that. Like no. I, I, the money spending money is fun, but I, I feel like I've already built an existence that doesn't rely on spending money or doesn't chase money, and I think that really helps. Uh, my content grow and it well, helps and me be your creative. work ethic. It yeah. makes your content grow. Yeah. You do. Every time I see you, you are at your computer grinding on edits. And I mean, there's a, I do need whiteboard to get an in here that has like yeah. all the content that's going to be, which one out. of those are you looking forward to the most dude? Well, because we're about to be working together on yeah. NBA stuff. Yeah. I already saw that. Like we, we talked about NBA that you posted a basketball piece of content. Yeah. 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 yeah and yeah. I was like, this is so perfect yeah. for me to go yeah. back to the NBA and be like, just look, this guy lives and breathes this shit. Like, yeah. It's gonna be perfect. Sense. They might. Hopefully, they don't uh, trash me for Monday's video. Well, so we'll see. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> only, we only see what we want to see. Mon- in life, Monday. You know? Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's it. That's what I like. Monday is. Um, oh, by the time this comes out, it, the video will have already been out, so we'll find out. But it's. Uh, I'm doing this video called "If AOC and Donald Trump Jr. Were Best Friends," and the whole video is them just like, that's beautiful. yeah, that's beautiful. we <laughs> we get along so well. Our favorite color is yellow, and we both love stereotyping and generalizing millions of people. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Well, um, you know, that's something that you do very well, though, is play both sides. Yeah. And very few people, like you said, are, are willing to do it because they niche themselves out. Yeah. Which also yeah. makes it, what's funny about that is that you think you're doing that and you're going to end up being better for brands. But, like, if you're actually just, like, playing everyone, everyone. then, then I think you're more brand yeah. friendly. Because yes. it's like, oh, this guy is yes. just ripping on everyone. So and, the, okay. and the people that find you and like you will really like you. Right. Oh, when, when you're not like pandering to a specific demographic, you know. But as far as money stuff goes, I've t- I think I've turned down like 99% of people who've offered me stuff, a lot of whom. What's the best? What's the go the, low? Okay. So if people are coming at you and just going, dude, I'll say way. this uh, Manscaped. Hey, oh. you guys make so much fucking money, Manscaped. Manscaped came in and they wanted to put an ad on my video for $800. Right. They make tens of millions of dollars a month. They're valued, I think, last I checked, at seven hundred million. Makes sense. Uh, eight hundred dollars, dude. Fuck Manscaped. No, I not gonna do it. I bought the the trimmer. Yeah, I'll start there. And they got me in. I I, I never subscribe to shit. Yeah, and I am certain I did not click on anything to fucking subscribe. Yeah, and. <laughs> I looked at my bill and I, I had some bullshit like extra blades coming in or whatever. Yeah. I had to, uh, I, I, the package hadn't come. I was like, stop the package. I don't, I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> and they still were like, well, we can cancel it for next time. But for this one, you have to pay for it. I'm just like, oh God, that's so fucked. That's and, how you make $700 million, dude. They know what they're doing. They're, 100%. They're, there's a reason that shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of companies like that, I, I, there was this other company that does like, um, original, originally designed, custom designed bouquets of roses, and they wanted to give me four hundred dollars to post an Instagram reel, and like even that, like no, like no, no, no. Yeah, you have half a million followers. You guys make tens of thousands of dollars a day, likely. Four hundred dollars to to put an ad out is like offensive to my audience. Well, it's when it for, doesn't it's make forcing sense. an ad into in front of hundreds of thousands of people and it's just not worth my time. It's not worth my time. Well, for, for roses where it's like, why does this even make sense? Like what's And the, also it just doesn't line up. I, don't some, I can, I can rose imagine content. there are times though where it's like, 
okay, if this is going to be a long-term relationship mm-hmm. where you know you can just like have passive money come in, it's at yeah. the end of your videos and it makes sense. Yeah. I imagine that's more interesting to you. Yes. If it fits what my life and my lifestyle, yeah. it's way, that's why by optimizers, the supplement company, right. shout out yes. to the sponsor, <laughs> uh, magnesium breakthrough.com slash Brent Pella. And, um, Blue Blocks, which is just a, they're super supportive. They came in early, so I'm actually finishing off a six month contract with them. Sick. That's very low. Sure. But that's fine because I love them and, and I would love to keep working with them. And I'm much more inclined to do a long term deal for less than a short term deal for more. Well, um, I'll tell you though, I mean, when we talked, we, we were doing a, a, I hate to even call it a negotiation because like we're friends. Oh, the friendly negotiation, about, yeah. sure. But like you came in. Music to my ears, so I'm like, wow, that's really low. But in my <laughs> yeah. head, I'm like, we have yeah. to give you more money than yeah. this. This yeah. is too low. Yeah, I should have came in higher. Well, <laughs> yes, but I'm still, right. I'm still learning that. My buddy works in cannabis, and he's uh, connecting me to a couple different CBD companies right now because I love CBD. Yeah, and I'm quoting them rates that I think I should be, but even he's like, hey, you could probably add like a couple thousand more. This is what I was getting at because like, because we're friends, I'm like, I'm just, gonna, I'm going to get you more money. Like yeah. you deserve more money. But for someone else that was more sinister in their way of negotiation, they could have just been like, perfect. Yeah. And, and or they could have been like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, we can, I don't know, we'll try to get up there and like laughing like at the Leo scene in Wolf of Wall yes, Street, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, like, because particularly let's take NBA for example like I'm looking in this room and there's like a picture of you and Kobe we've all seen your content where you're shooting hoops and stuff like yeah. there's value that you're bringing to the table yeah and, and whether it's NBA or not I think that's the big takeaway is like recognizing the brand that you are yeah like you're a fucking brand and I know you know that but I think that so like, talk to me about that yeah. now because we're in an age right now where everybody is a brand. It doesn't matter if you're a school teacher or or uh, an actor or a singer or a producer or a metal craftsman. Right. You are we're all brands now. We all have like our own individual brand now. Yeah, and we're we've risen as a society into this social media place where as soon as you start an Instagram account, you have a brand. Right. Now to somebody who um, tailors messaging around a brand. Sure. Do you like, I know you don't look at everybody like a brand, but how, how does that like factor into your view of the world in the sense that everybody has their own brand now? Like, are you constantly thinking about your own brand? Are you looking at your friends? Like, ah, you could make a better brand than that. Or like, are you feeling energies of people and just, I'm probably a little more cynical about it okay. just because of all this. Like, I very much try to like not think of myself that way. Yeah. But it's hard to to turn it off because it's just like you're doing it on a daily basis. But I wouldn't say I'm like actively like sizing up the brands and the brand qualities of like each person and what they can do. It makes more sense when like uh, yes, everyone's a brand, but just like in the real world there's like really shitty brands and really great brands. Yeah. And so like yes, if my sister has her account and is like talking a lot about being a mom, maybe that's fine. But she's also not trying to like sell anything. Yeah. She's not trying to like create anything necessarily for a larger audience. You are like, you have a mission. Yeah. That mission is like to entertain. And, yeah. and I imagine like even beyond that, there's like elements of like health, fitness, and these other things that fit within that world of entertainment. Mm-hmm. So like you actually are selling something and a commodity. So 
one of the reasons that I look at like influ- I hate the word influencers too because it's like I, so... it makes me gag every time I hear it. But yeah. uh, go ahead, yeah. <laughs> so influencers, uh, <laughs> it's 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 a commodity in a lot of ways because like like you said, there's like thousands of them. So you do have to start thinking it that way. Like, what is the element of my brand that is different and can add value to whoever's trying to pay me mm-hmm. in order to one look out for yourself, but to make that long-term relationship. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like a one-off is fine, but doing it multiple times is, is the best. Yeah. So I guess it's like a, a long way of saying like when it's people like yourself, I think there's a lot of like ways to start like assessing that and, and being serious about like creating that brand and like sticking to your guns there because like, there are ways you can like devalue yourself by simply there's, there's a, a, a term in that all these brand managers will, will use. And it's like, if you talk first, you lose. And it's like, if I am asking you to do something with the NBA, mm-hmm. then this is a, this is a rule forever from now on. If the brand's like, what do you cost? You never answer that question. Never answer that question. You need to be like, what is your budget? Mm-hmm. If they don't have a budget, they're just, they're bullshitting. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a brand you want to work with anyway. You don't want to work with a brand that doesn't know how to put a budget together. Yeah. Uh, they, they should be strong enough and like they're marketing it. Cause that means their brand's probably dog shit. Yeah. If they, if they haven't thought about like how much money do we have set aside for this campaign? Yeah. So stonewall them. And then if, and then if it is a brand that you respect and love and they're still hardballing you, maybe you can give them like, a really high range just to kind of like punch back. Yeah. Yeah. But if you give your thing first, more likely than not, they're going to win in that negotiation. Interesting. Cause I mean, these brands, like they're not going to either they're dumb and they think that, that creatives just like will do shit for free. And they there's, do. There's think plenty that. of people that are like that. Yeah. There's no question about it. Yeah. But not brands like the NBA. Right, right, Not right, brands right, right. like yeah, like uh, uh, Dollar Coca Cola, any- even like Dollar Shave Club, who's like everywhere. Right, right, they know better. Right, and they're probably getting people for very cheap because they're just asking them. Yeah, what do you cost? Yeah, and then they they lowball themselves, and then they just say, sure, yeah, let's go for but it. But for brands that aren't mainstream A list type, multi billion dollar brands. Uh, I've been offered free product for posts a million sure. times. Never do it. I've of been course. offered affiliate shit where you get Dude, 10% of every, like, yeah, have them shop at coolclothes.com slash Brent and you get 10% of every purchase. And that can actually be, if you negotiate with them, I actually talked to a guy who it, it did make a lot of sense. He already loved the brand and they okay. wanted him to do that. And he would, it already made so much sense for his audience, but yeah. he negotiated with them and they only wanted to give him like, X amount for every sale. And he was like, I need 50% of every sale that I bring through. There you go. And then they were like, what are they going to say? Right. No. Right. That's still 50% more money than they would have had before. Right. And that's, that's the whole thing with advertising is like you get advertising is so weird, dude. Did you ever study psychology? A little bit in advertising. They make you do that. Yeah. So I took a psych class in college. Coolest class I've ever taken. Um, but I've also just like watched, you know, Ted talks and, and things about psychology. That's the real psychology. That's the real psychology, dude. (laughs) And advertising is such a psychological, it's like psychological warfare in a way to me. And just in the sense that you're constantly being shot, 
What are the, do you know the amount of uh, impressions we get per day? Is in the thousands as far as brands? Go? Oh, oh, of course. Yeah, how, how there is a number. Ex- how many times we're exposed yes, to brand? To a brand? Oh, hundreds of thousands. Uh, dude, now more than ever. The the number is unbelievable. In this room right now, just if I look straight ahead, I see I can count one, two, three, four, five, six, six. There's six, seven, eight. Right. Eight. I see eight right right now. Just looking forward in this room, I see eight brands right now. Um, what what type, if any, of psychological elements do you bring to the table, or do you consider when you're crafting a marketing campaign? Absolutely. I think that advertising is in a really weird spot right now because traditional like TV spots are kind of just for the like cokes of the world mm-hmm. that like you have so much money. You just yeah. need to make sure people see your name and they already know it's it. Car, cars and soda. Yes. Cars on and soda. TV. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. Or, or programming like watch this show. Oh sure. Yeah. Tra- movie trailers, it. whatever. Yeah. Um, and everywhere else now you need to be like super targeted and, and strategic about your messaging. Yeah. So if you're smart, you're creating tailored com- content for specific audiences and making a lot of it. So you have to do it for like, you still have the same budget, but like pare it down and recognize that like the language on these social channels is very different than like what it used to be. Yeah. You can make a, if the, if the content's good, if the idea is right, you can make a, handheld piece of content mm-hmm. i'm doing it right now for super coffee oh cool so the mct oil stuff super coffee is my buddy's uh, he works over this brand called super coffee it's a it's a a coffee with protein infused into it you'd actually love it dude i'm actually in the market for a coffee sponsor dude, no way. <laughs> i swear to god we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk we'll offline. talk yeah um but with super coffee my my buddy is like their head of digital there and he's been asking me for some help with like how to kick off their, their TikTok account. Nice. And, uh, just kind of like through some, some elements of helping him figure out like, what's the, the way in they had originally thought about like, they had all these really high produced pieces of content and it was like just too high brow for the, the platform. Mm-hmm. And we started to recognize that maybe the better way in is to start to pay a creator. So they reached out to this kid, gave him a great deal, nice. uh, $10,000. And they're like, make, X amount of TikToks for us. Yep. And he's just like cranking TikToks out for him. They just like approve them like on the side and they grew 20,000 followers in a month's time. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. That's on TikTok? Yeah. Cool. But it's just a a different strategy. It's like speaking the language of the platform as opposed to trying to talk at people. Right. Like you need to prove as a brand that you're not a tourist. Yeah, you, you that you actually, know who you are. That you speak, you ha, you speak their language, and you are a part of that. Right. That's like the strategy I'm trying to think about all the time. Or the other side of it is actually adding value in the real world, like uh, uh, brands who can really put their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. and like do uh, just do good. Like Tide does it really well. When there's like disaster relief, they're out there like right, right. doing people's laundry. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, those people are very likely, whether or not they're going to buy Tide afterwards, they have a very fucking good feeling about Tide after that. Yeah. And they'll speak well of it, if not very likely buy Now, it. do things like that come out of a annual marketing budget? If you're, it's tough to say. Like, brands don't just have like money set on the side often for like oh, they disaster don't? relief. Or no, I, but they do have money set on the side for marketing. Yeah, yeah. Right? So but, if they have like, you know, $10 million a year set aside for marketing, would they dip it? Do you think they would dip into that for something like this? Or would the CEO like take out of his pocket some stocks? And It's really hard. Cause I you guess pl- it's different. You, you plan so far in advance. Right. And right. you earmark that money off for like campaigns that you've worked on for months. And then if let's say disaster relief comes or is needed, you either need to ditch your campaign you've been working on for months and then re try to come up with an idea that helps this group or this is, this is changing in the marketing world. You just have an entire department who's like trying to do social good yeah, and, and offset any sort of like, you know, it, any sort of huge company has like a crazy carbon footprint or X, Y, right, Z. Right. 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 The try CEO to like, says something racist and it's just, they yeah, got, they got to clean up the mess. Try to do something to, to make their brand, uh, actually have some value outside of just the product exchange for money. Right. Uh, and, and that's really cool. And I've seen a lot of brand Walmart's actually doing it like the best. Yeah. Uh, everyone like has a, a sour taste in their mouth for Walmart because of some reason or another. But like, for example, uh, Walmart was an old client of ours. So like, maybe I drank the Kool-Aid, but like, yeah. well. uh, but still <laughs> I, I have a, a special place where I think about this. I'm like, yeah, if you're a veteran, you get a you you strip get a job. Oh, that's right. That is really cool. It's they like, do some cool shit. Okay, like yeah. I can't hate on you for that. Like right. that's really put literally. See, but putting your money uh, where your mouth. The, is. This country is so messed up right now because somebody could hear that and just be like, "Well, they just do that for the marketing because they know like every and that that speaks to just the madness of the mental state of where we're at right now." But it's, it feels like as soon as a company does something good. There are millions of people who will hate them even more because what? they think it's inauthentic. Did and you it's hear like, about- dude, what? Just celebrate the good things, well, dude. And, okay, look. Let's say it is. Let's say it is just for marketing. So what? So what? You just made thousands of veterans have jobs. Have jobs. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Every, cool. Uh, just don't shop there if you don't like them. Yes. But what? don't call them out for something that was great. That happened with... Uh, uh, What's that donut place that was giving out free Krispy Kreme? Krispy Kreme for and, people who got the vax. Yeah, and yeah. someone was like, "You only get a glazed donut. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why can't I get a chocolate donut? <laughs> you had you had no free donuts before this right. time. <laughs> like, what you had fuck? zero free donuts. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, I mean, separate conversation is we probably should have given people free gym memberships, but that's the whole other thing. A donut seriously. was not the right move. <laughs> that's not the right. <laughs> A donut is not the right motivation. Coming out of the vaccine. pandemic, uh, I don't know if that was what no. we <laughs> Like, hey, you're, let's get you fatter. And, well, uh, the average person coming out of the pandemic, I think, gained something close to 10 pounds. I gained 10. Exactly. Really? Oh, yeah. You, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. still have abs. I know. <laughs> yeah. They poke out even further now. That's, um, that's impressive. Yeah. You know, I was trying to get rid of them, but uh, I don't know where the pasta went. I guess it went into my ass. That Girl, is, I got a big butt. We, we got to get you a, a, a <laughs> pasta sponsor or a food Dude, sponsor have you seen sometime. my food? You've seen the food page? The food page is incredible. So the food page is cool because I think in the future that can be something that I can, uh, I can use that as like a different lane. Like that can be another lane either for sponsorships, brand deals, excuse me, or for making cool content. 
Like that's going to be something I want to work with pasta grannies. You know what I mean? The YouTube channel where all these old Italian women that don't, don't speak English are making pasta on a mountain next to a goat. It's the, <laughs> it's the most amazing. I watch it before bed every night. It's called pasta grannies. Where are they based out of? Italy. There's Brit- this middle-aged British woman flies all over Italy and she goes to these huts and these small villages you've never heard of. And she finds these 90 plus year old women that still make pasta by hand. And she goes in and every video is a new pasta dish from a different region of Italy. And I watch it's soothing. It's so much soothe. Have you thought about bringing anyone into your food stuff? Like doing a collaboration of any kind? Not yet. I want to get bigger first. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like, only at like a thousand something on Instagram, and Instagram course. is the only place it but is. But you take it very seriously. You actually very make seriously. your own pasta. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's you, very good. You made me pasta. I you, did make you, you pasta. Hand delivered. I hand delivered pasta house. during the pandemic, um, and I'm even better now, dude. So we'll have another. We'll have another uh, little night and That's do incredible. some pasta. Um, yeah, so stuff like that is really cool because I want to when I t- when I think about like. My brand. What was the other question I had? Well, because I was just, I was just to the I'll point, ask that later. The point but of that, it's like you also don't have to wait for uh, brands to come to you. Like right. brands would, if people came to me with a great idea for a brand that I'm already working on, that makes my job a thousand times easier. Yeah. Because like the hardest part is coming up with the, the concepts. Yeah. And if you got one and, and you have a built-in audience, that's just like a no-brainer for these brands. Yeah. Uh, and of course there's like nuance and like being in the game. Like I think like the more you work with brands, the more you start to see like what their like triggers are. Yeah. But like just being able to avoid those, you're going to be able to like sell it nine times out of 10. Yeah. So let me ask you this creative director. When you look at a food page, like Brent's food, what do you see the future of that being as far as brands go? Like, do you, do you see stuff like that? And do you ever like log it in the back of your head? Like, Oh, this girl, uh, is post really good photos of herself that are I'm all like s- I'm personally so bad at that because I, I it's you like, are well there's that there's that saying that like salesmen are the easiest sold and so uh, like simultaneously like I make social content and yeah. I'm just I, and when I'm on social I'm just like consuming I'm just like yeah, this is yeah, fucking yeah. awesome not logging any of it oh cool it just, yeah that's like fun. washes over okay cool me. but yeah. with that said I mean critically thinking about it I think that the way in there's Cause we're past the time of just a picture of food. Yes. Like unless you're taking fucking wild ass pictures of your food. Yeah. It's about who's making the food. So should I start incorporating different pieces of content into that food page? Cause right now it's just, and we're talking about guys, uh, for those of you listening at home, we certainly are talking about branding Brent's pasta Instagram page. <laughs> Yo, we'll, so we'll, we'll look at it one year from now. We'll look at it one year from now and see where it's at. And, and I mean, I think actually like putting yourself in it more, like being yeah. a part of that process because yeah. a big part of it too is like, you're a little bit of a, uh, you, you, you can speak fluent bro. Yes. And there's plenty of bros out there yeah. who could not in their wildest dreams think they could make pasta. Right. <laughs> right. And, but to see someone that they look up to and like, like, oh shit, this guy's like me and he's doing it. And he's making handmade pasta. Well, kind of. It's yeah. like that, that yeah. is a reason to follow. Yeah. It, it Maybe I can make some, some funny dishes in the future. Seriously. Um, dude, uh, brand loyalty. So you were just talking about uh, a minute ago, the uh, impact that a brand can have in your life. I will never forget this. When I turned... 18 years old, literally on the day of my 18th birthday, I went to get the mail and there was a package in there for me. 
and I opened it up and it was a, a bottle of Gillette shaving cream and a brand new Gillette razor. And they said, happy 18th birthday from your friends at Gillette. Wait. To Brent. But were you making stuff? How did this Dude, happen? No idea. To this day, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know who at Gillette had been stalking me, waiting for me to turn 18 so that they could send me a gift. Were you I don't know made, how they know where I you lived. You had a social channel or what? I didn't have anything. I was in high school. What? I had nothing. So like somehow they got my name, my address, and my birthday. Creepiest thing I've ever experienced. Also, I've never bought any shaving products besides Gillette in my life. That's, that's incredible. Ever. Now, you you want to know how they did it? How? Um, okay, so this is before social. This is before, this is, uh, I mean, I'm 17 years old right now, but this is 2008. Yes. Is when this happened. There's just like you can, you can buy data on people digitally on like what they do on their mm -hmm. phones and shit. You can buy like census data, not, wow. from like, not from the government, but there's like companies that their job is to just like copy the phone book basically. And then yeah. figure out like who those people are demographically. Yeah. They would, Gillette would buy that information and just be like, we're going to give razors out to every 18 year old boy on his birthday and literally just mark it down on a Incredible. list and just have it automatically print a label and put it in a warehouse and then just have a person know on, oh, just look at the, the list of days on. Yep. I'm sure there's like in your city, like at least 10 people at the same birthday that are around the same age. It might not be 18, probably 16 to 21. They were doing this for. Yeah. And just sending these out on their birthdays. Even if it is just 18, you think of the, the kids in my high school graduating class, we had maybe 12 to 1400 in my graduating class, I think, or no, 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 no. That was at the school. How many, whatever, a hundred, a couple hundred kids. And that's your that brand now though. That's my brand now. I've spent hundreds of dollars on Gillette since that. I was 18 years old. And I have like the two companies I have most invested in for brand loyalty are Nike and fucking Gillette, dude. dude that's Isn't that wild? Okay. My, so that's like my like mission now to like find someone that works at Gillette just to start and figure that shit out. I want to know. And I'm, I'd wonder if they're, if they're like what, keeping an eye on me, that's like they watch me closer <laughs> than the government, dude. They know my every move, you know, <laughs> they've been tracking, they've been tracking me. Dude, well, I mean, to that point, that's that right there is a reason for them to work with you. Cause there's yeah. a story there. There's yeah. like content to be made about that in and of itself. It was, it was really wild. That was um, fucking but wild. I always think about that because like, I want to create that relationship with somebody with what I do and my yes. messaging. And that goes beyond YouTube videos, beyond Instagram videos. It's really me. I want to be the can of shaving cream that somebody's opening up and finding for the first time. You know what I mean? Like I want them, I, I want people to connect with me as like quote a brand, but also just as Brent. Like I want to, I always wanted to just be myself for a living. Let, let me know? ask you this then. I mean, like I, I think your trajectory is like obviously like going in a very great direction. And I know you of course want to like act in other things. And I, I imagine you would have no problem like being on SNL or whatever, but like, if you were to like, quote unquote, make it big, like mm -hmm. traditionally, like TV, movies, all that shit, would you still be making stuff online? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd ever stop just because I'll always, my brain will always operate in the way that I'll imagine like, oh, what a, like, um, here's, you're here's like the best very example. very high, high functioning. So you're, you're fucking like cranking shit Thank out. Thank you. Yeah. It, there's a lot going on in here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not all of it's good. Um, here's an example. Uh, 
of why I think the answer to that question is yes, even if it's in a lower capacity. It's not going to be two videos a week forever. Right now it's two videos a week minimum. Um, so I will always, I think my brain will always look at things with this third eye view of like a what if type thing. An example of this was a missed opportunity a couple of weeks ago when Lil Nas X released those shoes with the blood in them. Yeah. And I was like, who's the guy whose blood is in those shoes? <laughs> yeah, dude. Whose blood is in those <laughs> shoes? And I wrote a script as the guy. And I was going to shoot a video as the guy whose blood is in Lil Nas X's shoes. That's so good. But I just didn't have the time. I didn't oh, have the capacity. Right. I couldn't do it. I don't have an editor, so I edit all my own stuff. Uh, if I did, may, you know, maybe that's the next step. But like, be, like I take that example and I extrapolate it 20 years from now. Right. And if Katy Perry releases, like puts out, you know, a monocle with a piece of hair in it, I'm going to be like, who's the person whose hair is in right. Katy Perry's monocle? <laughs> and then I'm going to make we it can that only video. Hope. We, we can, can only, only hope. hope. So yeah, like when I'm middle-aged, yeah, I'll, I'll be doing sketches. That's Probably awesome. like a cup, maybe two a year, maybe just on my phone or something silly. But yes, that forever. But I also have some like bigger, crazier, crazy ideas uh, of what to do with my life and my millions that are coming in. Um, and a lot of it is around creating brands and relationships with people. Uh, because when I say that creating a brand and creating a relationship with somebody through that brand of Brent Pella, I fucking hate thinking of myself as a brand and a business. I want to be a person. I want people to connect with me human to human yes. as a person. But I know that that they're not um, exclusive of each other. They, they ha kind of have to go hand in hand. And here's why I think they kind of have to. Because like the, the internet is disingenuous no matter how badly you want to make it real. Like you can try your best, but there's no way you can reply to every single person that, you right. meet, that comments. There's no way you can reply to every message. At a certain point, like you eclipse just the ability to actually communicate with your audience. I'm already there. So, yeah, exactly. So yeah. whether you like it or not, there's an element of it where now it's it now is you're like, a page. Yeah, now you're a channel. Exactly. Right. Right. So like, it, whether you choose to to create your brand or not, that brand's being created around right. you. So you might as well. Like be, start like manipulating the parts you want to make sure like makes sense for your audience. Yeah, makes sense for potential brand deals. Manipulate's probably the wrong word, but just like making sure you're thinking about it in some way, mm -hmm. so that way someone else isn't creating your narrative for you. Right. That's that's the takeaway that I was just getting at. Interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, what are some of the first thoughts you have when you have a brand new client, a brand new brand, brand new company, and what are the, some of the first thoughts that you have when you're tasked with creating uh, creating a messaging around that brand? Like what first thought It's kind of a vague question, but I sure. want to leave it vague because I want to see where you take it. But like uh, thoughts can be like demo messaging, marketing, uh, fucking color palette, like uh, type of content that would totally. be best to facilitate this brand. What, what are some of the things you think of? First thing is, is the audience mm. is like, who are we talking to? And like, why are they going to care and why are they going to share this piece of content? Mm -hmm. Because like so many brands have it wrong. They're thinking if, if they're Coke, they're like, my competition online is Pepsi. And it's like, no, your competition online is the fucking internet. Right. Like there is so much shit that's more interesting than Coca-Cola on the internet right now. And for you to be so 
small thinking to think that your competition's your actual like business competition. Yeah. You've already lost. Yeah. So I'm constantly just thinking about what do people want to see? Like what's actually going to make someone stop scrolling and stick around for a second. Yeah. So there are some elements where you're just like, okay, like what's going to be interesting in the first, like th these are like so cliche things, like all these like really shitty creators are always talking about like, first three seconds, like get their attention. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But there's a, the reason it's, it's annoying is because there's a grain of truth in like these like traditional ads where it takes like so much time to get into the point of it. You, no one cares anymore. Yeah. I try to get a laugh within five to 10 seconds. Is that something that you like, mm -hmm. actively try to do? Mm -hmm. See that, but it, it, there's a reason for it. Yeah. And it's, it, and it stops people and gets them to, to at least know, am I for this or am I not for this? Yeah. Uh, Obviously so, it depends on the video and the concept. Of course. Like, of course. That's the overall goal. But the, the, and then the audience building, like for me, I'm, I'm much more interested in like creating serialized content. Like how do we get people to come back week mm. over week? Yeah. And, and feel like this is something that's like programmable. It's not just an ad. It's like a piece of content that's worth continuing to invest in. Yeah. That's what we did when I was at Red Bull. I created a, uh, a series. We, we started a, a music channel and there was no audience for it. So my mentor and I wrote a scripted series about, I'm, I'm from Iowa. So it was about a girl from Iowa coming to LA to create a rock band. Mm -hmm. and she gets off on Exit Vine and just like starts. And the show was called Exit Vine. And at the end of every episode, the audience could... This is the first Choose Your Own Adventure series online ever. Cool. Where you, in the comments, at the time, you could be the most discussed on YouTube. That was like a, a category. And so to hack that, I was like, all right, we're just going to let people vote unlimited amount of times for 48 hours. And they can just like vote on the band's name at the end of that episode or vote yeah. on a character that's going to be in the show moving forward. And we were getting so many fucking comments and so many people that were invested now in this series that like the way that the show worked out was like people vote, voted on, voted on things in a way that like they actually cared. Like I, I would throw in, shit in there that I thought they could use to like fuck with the show yeah. just to make it more interesting yeah. and they wouldn't vote for the bad things because they were like <laughs> invested in these characters right and this all the only branding was just that it lived on Red Bull's music account wow like maybe there was like Red Bull in the maybe background at times like, but it yeah, was never like never overtly branded yeah yeah and that was enough that's awesome and people when it ended were like because that, that was the only time that, like, we, like, forced some shit to go down. Like, her rival. We're like, who won this, like, uh, Battle of the Bands or whatever? And the rivals was objectively better. Mm -hmm. We made sure of it just to see how they would vote. And they were like, okay, yeah, she did do better. And then we just made this character's life completely unravel because she, like, lost <laughs> to her, her, her rival. And the reason was because we ran out of money. How like, often were you shooting? We, we put an episode up. Then we, based on those comments, yeah. shoot the next week and then have it up the following week. So wow. every other week we had a new episode of the, of the series. Wow. And just one week to two days to count uh, comments. Yeah. Rewrite the script because the stakes, we wanted them to be big enough that it would actually like fuck up the next episode. Yeah. Like it needs to feel like it had some real stakes. Yeah. And then shoot and, and we put like influencers at the time all in it and stuff. And yeah, yeah. 
cast that's, a real see, that's, YouTuber. That's a cool creative way to create branded content. That's really cool. Um, and that's what I want to be getting more into as well. Because I coming up as a PA and being able to see the entire process of making these commercials, so many of them were so damn boring. And it's like pulling teeth. You know, you're going to show the product, you show B-roll, you're going to get the dialogue, you're going to go back to the B-roll, you're going to show the product, show an establishing shot, and then it's done. That's a commercial. But then there were like really cool ones that were really creative and fun. There's this uh, director named Jake Szymanski. He used to write at, no, he used to direct at SNL. He was a director for some of the shorts. That name sounds so familiar. Yeah, he's done a lot of commercial work in LA. He also directed a movie, I forget what it was, but it's fairly well known a couple of years ago. He, I PA'd on a shoot. Oh, he came out of Funny or Die. I PA'd on a shoot where it was for an AT&T campain and the guy from Modern Family big uh uh overweight guy yeah, yeah, who's yeah. gay he's actually very very straight right, in real right. Life, which is hilarious to see him straight he plays it so he well he plays it so well um and jake directed him in the commercial this was very early in my la life so i wasn't really full on doing stand up or improv yet right. i was working at the cheesecake factory part time i used to work at the cheesecake factory get the fuck out of here yeah which one in des moines Oh, hilarious. In yeah, Iowa. That's right. That's so funny. That's right. Yeah, I was at Grand Lux Cafe in the Beverly Center before it closed down. Did you serve? No, I was a host there. I was a host. Out of college. <laughs> Come on, dude. That's Come on, bro. You. For real? Yeah. Hilarious. That's so wild. then they transferred me to the um, the one in uh, Plaid. Is that Marina Del Rey? Okay. So it's like a, the fancier one. Yeah. Uh, but also no cheesecakes are fancy because people come in and flip flops and shorts and wear sunglasses it indoors. A, it's the, the weirdest vibe in there. And being a host is yeah. the saddest scenario. Yeah. Because you have to size people up. And I mean that yeah. literally. Yeah. Because at, at least at our cheesecake factory, the if it was a, you had to like size people up because of the half booths, half chairs, those tables were locked in. Right. You can't, so, you can't scoot them. You can't scoot. So you had to like, you just kind of knew whether or not someone could fit in, yeah. a, in a booth or not. Yeah. And it, it just puts a very awkward scenario between you and them of like, yeah. it, am I in charge now? If, if we're right. full of <laughs> am I, I get to play God now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But I'll tell you, those Buffalo Blasts were a whole other deal. But you know, when I was working there, and then I'll get back to the AT&T commercial yeah, yeah. thing. When I was working there... I would. Uh, I ended up quitting because I was getting PA jobs and I was more into stand up. So my mind was elsewhere the whole time. I was like forgetting to seat people and just not giving a fuck. Um, I was like running food to the wrong place. I was taking way too much free soup. That's the only thing they would let us have. And the I soup and the dude, bread and the bread. And I took so much that they started to say, "Hey, just like take one bowl home." Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was taking like Tupperware. Uh, and I would I would write ideas on the back of receipt paper. Like I would print out six feet of receipt and I would write ideas and shot list sketches. That's how, did I do the Eminem one there? I did. I might've, that might've been right around the time I was leaving Cheesecake Factory is when I wrote the very first Eminem video. No way. Yeah. And I was writing stand up on it and like sketch lines and sketch ideas and stuff on the back of receipts. I think I might still have some somewhere. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, around that time I was also PAing. And I'd worked on this AT&T campaign with Jake Szymanski. And it was, it, it was so fun because it was produced like a sketch comedy show. It was produced like a sketch. Like yeah. he was, he was yeah. shooting it as a sketch in the sense that it, just when you're shooting something that's comedy based, even if it's a commercial, it's light. Everybody's there 
like ha- kind of having a good time. And I think maybe the crew came from Funny or Die too. That makes everyone sense. Was Funny or Die fun. was so good at that shit. And then it was like the way he directed was the same way I've heard Adam McKay directs and mm-hmm. is now the same way I direct, which is like, okay, we have our script. We're going to get all these lines and then give me 20 minutes to improv. Let me tell, let me direct this guy with brand new blocking. He's never done before. Let me hold the camera and let me be DP. Let me throw a bunch of lines at him. And it was so fucking funny. He was throwing lines at the guy. The guy was throwing lines back and they were doing all this stuff. Everybody was laughing. And I was like, man, is this what like it's like, is, is this, can we, can you do comedy and com- I had no idea you could do that in That's the commercial amazing. world. Cause I had begun on like car commercials and like boring shit. And so that is like something that I now really want to do as just a, a part of my future. Cause totally. I, I, I also see Neil Brennan, the stand up comedian. Yeah. He directed those Bud Light ads. Uh, he's directed a bunch of other cool commercial stuff. Not only does he make a fucking bag of money when he directs commercials, but he also brings in that, that sketch comedy right. uh, mind right. that he had when he co-created Chappelle show. Right. And so I see that and I'm just like, man, let me direct some fucking commercials, dude. Um, so what, what, okay. I'm thinking about that in the back of my head now, too. Now that, <laughs> now that I, I, I say that cause I'm, I'm curious, uh, what, what realm of branding and marketing that you're most interested in is it or is it just like anything that comes across that's unique or is it like i love doing commercials or is it i love creating worlds that have never been experienced or is it i love big huge stuff or i love small like meaningful things or anything else that's a really great question because like i i struggle sometimes too with like what is my where would i draw the line yeah like particularly when it's like a brand like is is there a brand where i'd say no to it yeah. Like traditionally speaking, uh, like cigarette companies, for example, like no, yeah, that's agent, a hard no, no agency me. with like a, like worth their weight is going to do cigarettes, mm-hmm. but like every agency's down. Th- this was a, a, a conundrum that I came up with when I was at omelet. We were doing work for PAX. PAX is like a, uh, weed vaporizer. Cool. The people who own PAX, PAX labs are who created, um, jewel. Oh, and then Jewel came to us wanting us to do shit. And in my head, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. They're trying to get people to quit smoking. And I'd heard all this shit about like teens vaping. I was like, that's bullshit. Like, <laughs> the, the, the ends justify the means. Yeah. Like, yeah. So many thousands of people are going to quit smoking. It's not till I watched like a explained on Netflix that I realized yeah. The smoking rates were almost down to like single digits in teens until Juul came out. And then it rapidly expanded to like 60 to 70% of all teens smoke Juuls. Yeah. And I, I, I was so willing to do marketing and it's like someone that's being naive. And I think about what brand, what do I not know about this brand? Cause like you kind of touched on it earlier. There's plenty of brands that are owned by like, maniacs mm-hmm. who you know are, are a, a white supremacist behind the closed doors and i don't even know and i'm out here like selling their products right so like a big part of me often is really trying to size up who is this brand and what do they represent and do they actually fucking mean it that's great you have, you have a conscious way of approaching a brand that's it's great o- it's the only way you can get through this job and like do it and like 
sleep and be like, now okay. what, what about now I've, I've tried to write into myself a hard, fast rule, like an absolute no on cigarettes, yeah. uh, video games, just because I don't play video games doesn't match. And, and that sure. I guess falls into things that don't fit for me, but, uh, product wise cigarettes, um, and fast food. Cool. Now I, I don't eat fast food. I haven't had McDonald's or anything like that in like years. Taco Bell, I think all of them contribute in a major, major, major way to uh, ob- the massive obesity. That's why you sell the sex disease. That, that, that is why plays I sell a, a big yeah. role. Yeah. Um, and I do intermittent fasting and other things. We'll talk about that on a different stuff. <laughs> and so, uh, but like, I, I like Doritos, uh, all these companies that actually make really dope, funny content. I kind of have it in me to always say no to them. Sure. And now here's the, the curveball that I've seen. I've seen famous celebrities who have spoken out for climate change, healthy eating, mental stability, like all these awesome initiatives do ads for awful fast food companies. And it, it makes me like sad every time. Cause I'm like, am I going to end up doing a Taco Bell ad in 10 years? If I'm super famous and they offer me $5 million, Try to get the bag dude. I know, but like, Fuck, man. And it, I guess that's kind of like an existential thing. It might just be me. Maybe it, the money is worth it. Because if they don't, if I say no, it's not going to do anything. Like, they're not going to well, be like, oh, I guess we can't sell our product anymore. They're just going to find the next person. There's a balance to this, too. Like, for example, so I don't drink anymore. At I, all. At all. I'm completely sober. Oh, wow. And I still make Tanqueray ads. And right. the, the, the thought process that I go through with that is that, like, this is a every product and everything has a potential for good and bad mm-hmm. and it has to do with what like you actually your actual goal is like I, I love Tanqueray because like I truly like, everyone that I work with there is about like responsible drinking first and foremost like that there's so many things we couldn't say in that ad that like I wanted to say that just like, alluded to like feeling better if, if you if you drink this like no oh we, really we will not say anything about like if you drink this you'll feel anything better or worse or whatever. it's like wow we will not insinuate that okay like it's about the flavor it's about the taste and like and the vibe kind of vibe sure and the world that you're creating in this but that's, in this imagery but that's, that's every ad is building that world okay okay okay, okay. um but because like that's that's a drinking occasion. It's but like, what, wouldn't that messaging come across in the sh- in like I and and I only watched part of the ad. But like imagine if uh, thank you. He, you're welcome. I watched the first ten <laughs> seconds and then I got a phone call and then I just stopped watching it. Um, if somebody drinks and then they smile, isn't that well the, mes- the messaging of the ad? Th- there's something here that, that's interesting too about alcohol ads in general. Start watching alcohol ads and you'll notice one thing: you never see the drink touch their lips. It, it you can't do that in in alcohol ads. You can't show them why? drinking. Well, there's there's some laws by the uh, just from the government on like what is allowed for alcohol advertising. So, wow. binge drinking is a big one. But there's two sides to this because like you can't like show x amount of like beers in a scene depending on how many people are in the scene. But you can show an environment that lends itself to binge drinking. And that's where I'd like draw the line. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm not going to show a frat house, a frat house yeah. in a beer commercial because now I know everyone fucking knows what I'm trying to say. Here. Yeah. 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 As opposed to in the, the tanker a spot, 
Like it was more about just the fact that like the pandemic's ending mm-hmm. and like people now get to kind of go out again and meeting up with small groups of friends outside. It's yeah. like the, the taglines literally sunnier times ahead. Yeah. It's like the, the finally we can start to like share memories again. And often alcohol plays a role in that. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be naive, naive to that just because yeah. I don't drink. It doesn't mean that like it doesn't serve a purpose for plenty of other people. Mm-hmm. I'm just an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So didn't work out for me. <laughs> That's fair. We'll get you a nice water commercial next. <laughs> That's right. Yo, have you seen that that water company? Fuck, what is their they're the, the greatest marketing of all time. The what greatest fucking marketing of all time. They're called like oh, they're called like Death Water or something. Oh, Liquid Death. <laughs> Liquid Death. Dude, dude, I thought that was like a four loco company. It, it, it's just water. It's straight up water. Straight Blake, up water. Uh, my buddy Aristotle is sponsored by them. They, oh, okay. Theo Vaughn has a liquid death on his podcast table, and I think he gets six figures a year. It just is for that. the fucking most. Have you seen their their campaigns? You no, get, I've only seen their still images and their product. Right now, you can get a free case of liquid death if you sell your soul to liquid death. What? And you can you print off a fucking uh, uh, document and then sign it. And then they'll and show them the document, and they'll give you you sold your soul. Oh my them. god! It's that's brilliant. They also did. They'll give it's you. It's a li- water company. Liquid death for life. If you if you let them name your kid. Holy shit! And, and the, the, the 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 names that they have are fucked. And like you have to, it has to be legally binding. What are some of the names? Oh, you have to look it up. Like they're they're like Lucifer and like shit like that. No more. Like they're 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 funnier. Like okay. really like really funny. Just like like. Glurbin, yeah, Stu- yeah, dude, that is hilarious. Like no consonants, you know, like, just that is weird shit. So funny, dude. And, and it's just, it, it, you know, it, by all means, you could just legally do that and call your kid whatever, but like it's still gonna be on their birth certificate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just that type of shit. I think is like so funny because the, the word of mouth is stronger than what anyone's ever gonna do with that. Right. Like maybe a few people sign their soul away but right like right. It's, it's about the message it's right just, that's fucking hilarious yeah and, and then great. you have the product name in your head so next time you go to the store for gillette shaving cream maybe you see, <laughs> you see liquid death off to the side and you're like oh shit i remember them that's right and then you grab a case god that's and all so, of a sudden brand loyalty begins that's how it begins and that's how it ends that's so what are some of your other favorite like branded campaigns or initiatives that you've seen yeah that that one's really screaming out to me right now i mean yeah. some other Really good ones are on the flip side of that. And this is like a cliche one, but I love it because it's like this idea of like of brands starting to create content with a message and they actually like mean it. Yeah. And Dove just like murders that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the like uh, Dove commercial with like a sketch artist who is uh, like a FBI sketch artist that does yeah. like faces. And they ask people to describe their own features and he can't see them he's just sketching them describing their own features then that same person meets a stranger and they talk for like 20 minutes and then that stranger describes them to the sketch artist the sketch artist doesn't know who he's drawing yeah and you see two side-by-side pictures one of how this person thinks that they look and it's them i got bags under my eyes i uh, or this that and they look like decrepit and then this stranger who doesn't know them that just that just had a 20 minute conversation with them is describing them and the picture looks almost identical to how the person actually looks and it's talking and they about, look better in the stranger's picture yes yes every time wow because like 
we're more critical about ourselves than than we were. That, that's what what's real. And Dove being out there being like, listen, we're just about like taking care of your body and like taking care of yourself and taking yeah. care of your soul. And I was like, fuck, <sighs> that's a fucking ad. They got me. That, it, Dove, you got me. Check it out. Check Dove it out. got me. You'll find it. That's it's, it's wild. That's really cool. So, but but that's like there's a message behind that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it's, it's brands trying to do more than just like, of course, like yeah, they're trying to sell you something at the end of the day. But trying to make an impact, they're trying they're to build trying, a relationship, yes. right? There's a message. Is that the goal the for every brand? Is to build a relationship and be like, have you'd, a? You think? Is, you'd hope, right? Well, is, is it is it a goal for a lot of major brands to have people when they think of of their brand have a feeling, have like a, a like an emotional attachment rather than like a taste or a smell or yes. right? Is that a goal? I mean, the, the the big one right now that all brands are trying to get is like so like. You you want to be the brand when you say pizza, what's the first thing you think of? Domino's. Okay, I think Pizza Hut. Now, oh, interesting. That is going to be the most valuable thing coming into the next ten years. Pizza. <laughs> Pizza's going to be currency. currency. Bitcoin's leaving. Bitcoin's out. Pizza's in. <laughs> the the word the, association. The word association. Because yeah. with things like Google Home and Alexa and all this shit. It's like you say, uh, Alexa, like order pizza or you say, Alexa, order Domino's. Mm -hmm. You're not going to voice command is going to be skyrocketing in the next 10 years. Yeah. And you're not looking things up. You're just going off of what you know. You're just going off what you remember. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're like Googling right now. Like I'm ordering pizza online right now. So I might Google like pizza deals. But when you're doing a voice, it's just like, what is my word association to the thing that I want? Yeah. So brands are fighting right now for being like associated with words. Yeah, because soon we're all going to have a Jarvis, right? From Iron Man. Remember? Oh, yeah, like, Jarvis. Yeah, 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 exactly. What about the thing's name? Was it Jarvis? It was something like that. <laughs> I was thinking like, like, fucking guy. when you said that. I was like, yeah, what Jeeves, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Soon we're going back to Ask Jeeves, baby. <laughs> we're all going to have Ask Jeeves <laughs> in our house. <laughs> Bro, awesome, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. We're all gonna have fucking Siri everywhere. Yes, yes. We're just exactly. gonna walk home and be exactly. like, "Hey Siri, can you order dinner? What would you like? Uh, how about sushi?" And then whatever the most recent sushi spot. So that yeah. first one that you choose is probably gonna be the one you go back. Well, and to. that goes to like ranking too. That's why like word association is so crucial in the way brands like just work with Google. This is yeah. what's so scary about all this shit. And this is actually where I where I disassociate myself as much as I. And, and love advertising and, and, and love being able to do like really deep targeting to get an ad in front of somebody that mm-hmm. like it's going to work for. I do not believe in, in tracking your data, tracking your shit. What the fuck? What's up with that? Dude? If you want your data tracked, like I do, I, I'm fine with it. I'm like, particularly when it comes to ads, I'm like, I want the good ads. I want sure. the thing that if matters. I, ha- for I don't want any ads. But if you have course, to see ads, which you do because we live in a capitalistic society, how would these companies I, operate without although ads? Although I have ad blockers on everything. Really? Yes. Social media? So, yes. Does it Across work? the board. Well, if you're, if you're scrolling through, um, uh, it depends. Okay. Brands can have their own account, in which case, no, it would not work. Right, right, right. But like a paid spot, yes, it will work. Oh, um, interesting. But the, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, tracking data. Yeah. You want to hear something really fucking scary? Yeah. Um, Roku. Roku's the number one in-house um, uh, uh, OTT box. So like mm-hmm. it outperforms Apple TV because like, it's in basically every fucking TV. If you don't have it in your TV, you have the Roku box. Uh, and 
Roku's automatic setting is listen to the room. What? You have to go into your Roku and then say, turn off listening. <laughs> so no one knows that. What? And they, not only do they listen to everything you say and categorize all your words so that they can give you ads in Roku, they sell that data and sell it to their advertisers to be like, you want to know how to best reach our target audience? Well, this guy's talking about cat food a lot. So let's fucking get him a cat food ad. Holy shit. It's so fucked. Now, is this for people who own Roku's only? This this is what I know about Roku. I don't I don't I'm sure there's a lot of other Why would that, if if Roku's doing that, why would my Apple TV not be doing that? Well, because maybe they have a conscience and maybe they know that like Apple? <laughs> well, let me say that <laughs> like, like this. They probably know better than yeah. to have it be automatically turned on. I think the the audience for Roku is not a tech savvy audience. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't buy a Roku because you want the hottest tech. You buy a Roku because you want to stream Netflix it and it's cheaper probably. Yeah, it, it, it's an easier entry point. And you just want to you, you just want to stream your shit and that's it. Mm -hmm. You buy an Apple TV because you're like kind of like thinking more about the, the, the culture. Hype of, yeah, yeah, the yeah, hype yeah. of all that shit. Yeah, and people who are into that hype at least know a little bit about like tracking data maybe. Yeah, but. Roku, I think they're they're preying on the fact. So that is that a true fact as it stands right now? As it stands right now, uh, on May here we sit on May twenty first. One hundred percent right now. If you have a Roku, go into your settings and turn that shit off. That is so. How, I don't get how that's legal, bro. How, the legal ramifications of that are what I guess there are. You when you set up when you set up, well, when you set up your Roku, uh, you click agree and it's somewhere in that done. tiny print. Done. Holy fuck! But that's the whole thing that Apple had when that shit went down like a year or two ago. Of course. Is it was all in that fine print. And that's happening right now too with Apple and Facebook. Yeah. Apple's, and this is why Apple wouldn't do it because they're putting their money where their mouth is and making all the apps. And they're doing it for more sinister reasons than, than because they don't want to track your shit. But what what's happening right now is if you have a new app or you update your app, you have to explicitly give permission Right for them to for track them to you. Track you. Yeah. Now Apple's only doing that because they want a monopoly on your data. They don't want Facebook to have your data because they want to sell your data. And if Facebook has your data, then that's competition to them. So if Apple allows you to choose whether or not you want to be tracked, they look like they're being the good guys because everybody's going to choose not to be tracked. But, but they're, they're still, still tracking gonna, you through the phone. They're still tracking you through the phone. But they're also, aren't they still? Now they may not be able to see like what what's going, but they, they can definitely through like let's say you're still using like the Google Maps. Yeah, like they, they they can start to understand your pattern, start to see where you stop and start and do all the shit, and it's still very much usable data. And mm -hmm. the the most important data is just knowing where like where you are in the world. Yeah, that's how they can start doing better targeting. If they just know you're physically in California, in Venice, California, then like oh, okay, all these businesses that are around here. You should yeah. fucking market to these guys. Dude, that's wild. That that it we're we're laying the foundation right now for all of those futuristic sci-fi shows where people walk past Yes. A wall oh yes. And the ad changes. Yes. And for one person it's soda, for the next person it's diapers, for the next person it's dog food. And uh, I feel like this is just setting the foundation for that. And it's very scary. Cuz I, 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 what but where else does it go though? Like all these companies in a in a society that's built on capitalism, right? Now now you work and we all have to make money. Anybody, sure. anybody who says money doesn't matter is naive and ignorant. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't have to like center your life around money, and I don't, and I'm sure you don't. Mm -hmm. And but I know people who do. And and even if you don't have the number one priority of waking up every day and making money, you still can't live 
in the society without money, unless you're a nomad. Of course. It, like you have, so, so in, I'm trying to figure out how to frame this question. Maybe it's not a question. Maybe it's just a thought. You, you work on a side of corporate business where, uh, the overall goal boiled and filtered down is to make the brand make money, sure. right? To assist them and help them in making money. Yes. The, I guess the, what do you think of the growth, where that goes? Cause every, no brand is complacent. No brand is like, cool. We're good. Like to, to just never rise anymore. Like if we make this much forever, we're chilling. Gen Z is changing that and they're changing that the tactic in which you have to do that. So like you are, are more likely to, to be favored in the eyes of Gen Z. If you are a brand with a purpose, a purpose driven mm. brand and actually now there's some people who are just doing it for, and this is what we were talking about earlier. It's like, are you doing it just to, for marketing? Or are you doing it because you care? It's like, depending on what that thing is, it may not matter. Yeah. Because if you're doing good in one way or the other, that's better than never doing it. Yeah. But the brands that do it the best, like Patagonia, for example, they're no longer uh, doing any branded tech like vests and shit like, like fucking like Google wants a bunch of Patagonia vests for their oh, group. Okay. They just won't make them for them anymore. Wow. Because there's so much waste that goes into that. Yeah. And all, it's all these people who didn't want vests in the first place. They end up fucking throwing it away or right. never using it. And right. that was a waste. They're like, why would we do that? They're putting their money where their mouth is. There's like, and that, but that's marketing. Yeah. That's all REI not being open on black Friday. Right. Like the fact that they chose to do that to give their, their employees a day off. Like, that's marketing. Mm -hmm. They did it so they could have a PR release saying, all of our employees get the day off today. Aren't we great? And it did, was that awesome? Yes. Was that still marketing? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, like, the ends justify the means, though. And and you need to do that type of shit that is, is in good spirit mm -hmm. in order to resonate with this, like, Gen Z audience. Yeah. But on that note, I have to leave. Yeah, I was I'm, just I'm, I was just going to say I want to wrap it up. I got two questions. Please. And then we'll be done. I want to know uh just based on a recent thing that seems like maybe it was a, a marketing thing. It doesn't seem like it really worked too well. It got a lot of bad feedback. The Coca-Cola be less white campaign. I don't know if I even saw Do you this. know anything about this? No. Okay, I'll give you the quick pitch and then I want you to go look it up. Was it a we'll digital campaign? Like No, it was um it was a training program initiative that Coca-Cola wanted to do for their employees that was called Be Less White. And the training program would have them learn ways to be less prejudiced in the workplace, be more open minded to other people's experiences and where other people came from. But they called it Be Less White. Yeah. So to me, of course, I thought they were just gonna make their employees not go camping as often, right? <laughs> And eat less mayonnaise, which I do think should be a program. But right. uh, the whole idea of it, to me, it felt shitty because like, no, you should just call it like be less asshole because right. you're branding white people in a certain way. And I'm not trying to be a fucking white victim. I'm just saying just from the, a logical standpoint, the branding of be less white doesn't sound well, this is like the difference the right between, thing between why do. This is why brands hire agencies. Because when brands start to brand their own shit, that's literally when you end up with Kendall Jenner on the front line holding a, exactly. a Pepsi thing. Yeah. That literally was done by their in-house team. Oh, really? That's why it So whenever so a brand does a terrible thing that bombs, it's usually an in-house team? Usually it's the in-house team. Will a brand bomb on purpose just to get the attention? No, never. Really? Well, I mean, not, not a Pepsi, not a Coke. 
They're right. not going to do that. Because a couple of brands have like really bombed some, over the past couple of some years. Some brands might, but like, ah, oh, man, it, I'd be shocked. I'd be fucking shocked. And if they did, I'd love to see that case study because that's some wild That's action. a wild that's a risk action. you're taking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, anyways, look up the Coca-Cola thing. We'll talk about it another time. Because yeah. I just thought it was a really weird thing. And I didn't quite know if, like, are they doing this just to get eyes on them and be trending? Like, I'd does Coca-Cola shocked. need to be trending? Or did they actually misfire? Like, a great, great program. Uh, first and foremost, yes, teach people how to be not prejudiced and how to understand where other people come from and everything. But, but like, don't assign a color to it, to yeah, it I think you know brands internally just have a hard time being able to like yeah uh, navigate any of this shit yeah so that that doesn't surprise me yeah okay last thing uh for anybody listening out there that's a creator i know a, a lot of people make their own stuff or want to make their own stuff or even just in general life live their day-to-day and we're all suffocated by brands left and right but what do you say to somebody who's trying to actively work on creating a brand or get into this realm of creating for specific purposes and targeting people. Uh, and totally. uh, like, what can you leave somebody with as somebody who is on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, bro? That's yeah. 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 What was, can you leave the people with? Uh, I'd start with just so many people are fucking talkers. So many people say they want that, but aren't doing anything to actually make that happen. So like experimentation is probably the number one thing you can do. Like not being precious with your content, not being precious with your ideas, not being precious with your uh, uh, interest in like starting something. Just be fucking prepared to fail and fail a lot. Like that's really good for you. Mm-hmm. And so people are crippled by the idea of starting because they want to be the best at it. But like no one, everyone that did anything interesting was first bad at that thing. Yeah. And... I think you start by just like grinding that out and being willing to like pivot. If something isn't working, my philosophy almost always in advertising is let's test this. If it doesn't work, throw it out. Like I'm not going to sit around and like try to make my idea work. So it was my idea. Yeah. Don't be attached. No, just like throw it. Who cares? Yeah. There's a million different ways in and start to actually like write it down though. Right. I mean, you're doing, I'm looking at the, the thing. You have like all your ideas written out, all the different skews and styles. And then like some of those will crack. Some of them won't. Some will turn into serialized pieces of content. Some will just be one-offs, but like that strategy works for a fucking reason mm-hmm. and not being pressured with that. I mean, I tell them, look at what you're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You're doing it like the best way possible. And then find, you know, putting yourself in an environment where you can create and I hate to say like be in LA, but it's like make sure to surround yourself with people that have similar interests. And yeah. it's just like anything else. You're a collection of like the five people you hang out with the most. Right. And so if, right. if you want to really fucking do it, surround yourself with people who are doing it. Yeah. Ty Stafford, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on. Love you, bro. Love you. Peace, baby. And that's the show. Hey, thanks for chilling. Thanks for vibing. I hope you guys bought all of the products that we mentioned during this episode. If you didn't, then you have survived capitalism. If you did, then you are now a victim of 
the money machine. Uh, huge shout out to Ty Stafford. Awesome dude. Check out his work. Watch the Tank Ray Gin ad with Joe Jonas to get uh, a better idea of the types of projects and, and cool things that he works on. Um, he's going to explode. He, he's, he's, uh, we're all on the rise here. Even you, even me, even everybody's rising. We're all on the rise. Um, shout out to the sponsors by optimizers, magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella, blueblocks.com slash Brent, my favorite blue light blocking glasses. Uh, support the sponsors. They can support me and then I can keep making stuff for you guys. Okay. Uh, until next week. Hey man, love you guys so much. Bye-bye.